Welcome back to the Marvel Movie Minutes, a daily podcast which we disassemble a film from the Marvel Cinematic Universe into one-minute segments and then examine it in obsessive and occasionally hilarious detail. I'm Kyle Olson from the Swashbuckling Ladies Debate Society podcast. Hey, and I'm Rob Cabosco. And Kyle. Yes, sir. Spoliation. Oh. (laughs) The spoliation of evidence is the intentional, reckless, or negligent withholding, hiding, altering, fabricating, or destroying of evidence relevant to a legal proceeding. Three possible consequences, depending Mm. on the jurisdiction, fines, incarceration, or other corrective measures. I love the ambiguity of that final one. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> just fine. Um, so here's the thing. I, I thought this was a great line. Thank you to Wikipedia, by the way, as always. Mm-hmm. The theory of the spoliation of evidence is the inference that a party destroys evidence. It may be reasonable to infer that the party had consciousness of guilt or other motivation mm-hmm. to avoid the evidence. I don't know why I bring that up. Maybe <laughs> something happens in this minute. Yeah. Uh, have you ever me. seen Life on Mars? Yes. Yeah, that, that that was one of my favorite parts of that was when he travels back. It basically, Life on Mars is a BBC series. There actually was an American remake, which you can skip. Uh, yeah. Uh, but there was a British series where a, a modern cop woke up in the 70s and had to then in, in, the, in the body of a cop and everybody thought he was who he was and so he had to then learn how to be a policeman in the 70s and there's a lot of that kind of stuff where he'd be like oh let's just send this off to the lab alright we'll have it back in six weeks and he's like what? what? <laughs> or people just like smoking as they're walking through crime scenes and stuff and he's going what, what are you doing? <laughs> oh, <laughs> it's a great, I love yeah, that John Shim that was a that was a, it was a uh, that was a great show. So, yeah, check that out. So, that might be your homework for while you're waiting for the next episode to drop. Check out Life on Mars, BBC. Uh, but here we are. We're here not to talk about BBC. We're going to talk about Iron Man 2 from 2010, director John Favreau. We are at minute 38. And in case anyone was worried, happy is fine. Because the man literally starts out with happy. Like, he's just, like, in the car, like, did that really just happen? Did I, like, <laughs> are you going to charge at, me for this car? Because he, looks like I, he looks at Pepper. He looks at Pepper. He looks at Pepper. That's right. And then the car, and he's like, oh, how's Tony? Is Tony yeah. okay? Yeah, Ooh, all right. Um, so then we see Ivan, and Ivan does not look good. So <laughs> we thought we thought uh, Iron Man's armor had taken a beating. Oh, boy. This is what happens when you go up against an armored person and you just wear an exoskeleton. You get beat up. Uh, so he is, he is uh, quite damaged, and he then ends up spitting blood out at Tony uh, and then screams out, you lose. You lose, Stark. <laughs> I, I turned on the subtitles to make sure that's what he actually was saying. Yeah, I know. Very, very thick accent. <laughs> I, I was like, is he saying sure? Russian? I'm like, no, he's saying, you'll lose. Oh, you'll you lose. <laughs> oh, okay, got it. You're loose. Um, We're loose? So, so what do you mean? <laughs> there's a... It's interesting that this is the take they used. So let's let's talk about this. So from that moment, and I think they cut to the reaction shot of, of Iron Man's, you know, immobile face, and right. they cut back, and they're then dragging him away. So for a second there... It looks like he doesn't have any legs. Oh yeah, like as you watch it, like you're like, oh my god! Did when he fought, did he, the legs really fall off because he got hit by the car like four times? No, it's it's just a it's it's just a weird angle. But then he has so his his right leg is out, but because of the orange jumpsuit that he's wearing, you can't see sort of where it ends and where it goes. And then his his left leg is tucked underneath him. 
Right. So it. So literally, you're just looking at his knee as you look up, and as they drag him away, his shoe falls off. His the right, right shoe. The, the, the right, his right shoe, like his boot, then falls off as they drag him. And as they're dragging him away, as he's, you'll lose. Then his his left leg then sort of pops forward and comes, and then you can see it again. But for the second there, it looks like like oh my god, did Iron Man just tore off that guy's legs? <laughs> <laughs> Is that why he's bleeding from the mouth? What happened? Yeah. Okay. This is such an, and I agree. This is such an odd take because, yeah. well, one, and and it's and it's further um, sort of camouflaged because the jumpsuit, and props to you know this being consistent. Mm-hmm. It's his first of all, his jumpsuit is kind of mangled, but because of when it burned, when he when he activated the the whips, mm-hmm. remember we saw that great effect of the yeah, top part of it burning. Off. Well, it's all yeah. now just hanging over his his midsection. Yeah, so, he's so got it's charred like like uh, strings essentially. Of it. Just yeah, just shreds of the of the suit. Yeah. So that's why it, it just it's not very clear what's a leg and his torso and anything like that. But it's so random that. I mean, I can see, I can see the part of this in that the cops are like, "Yeah, we don't care if this yeah. is comfortable for you. Right. We're gonna, we're gonna drag you no matter where you are, and, and you don't care because you are solely focused on your enemy." Yeah, but it looks really weird, and it's so weird that his shoe comes off. Like you kind of like have that moment where you just want to go, "Oh, he, he lost his shoe." <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, like go back and get his shoe. Like, now, <laughs> let's do a little callback though to a previous minute. Mm. We did. Our friend, Mr. Pete, did talk about this, that, hey, is there some sort of maybe uh, temporary paralysis or maybe something that he has endured because of getting ran by a car and all these other things? Hmm. Well, this was the moment I was talking about. Uh, That's interesting. That's kind of what that looks like. Yeah. It's. I'm probably reading too much. I think <laughs> well, it was just. Know, he did get hit in the legs by a Rolls Royce many times. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> like about two or three minutes ago. It's interesting. Okay, is this you know? And this is like the big deep dive here for this. Yeah. Is this just a weird take, or is this trying to? Is this set up to say, yeah, his adrenaline kicked in, and you know that's why he was able to do all this stuff in addition to whatever you know the mechanics of the whips are and that whole power system. Wow, maybe this is intentional. Hmm. I don't. I don't know. I don't know. That's a good question. Like, I mean, I assume that they that Favreau was focusing on like the performance, right? That because he was like you know because Mickey was so intent in that scene and just like you know blood dripping down his face and like screaming out that he was like so into it that he just ignored all the other stuff that was going on around it. Uh, but yeah, I'm not sure. I it, it's interesting that like when when Pete brought that up because I was thinking, when is the next time we see him standing up? And it's not for a couple minutes. Like it's Ooh. it's like four or five minutes away. And he definitely and he's going out of his way to be completely immobile. Like as yes. they're dragging oh, yeah, yeah. him, like, I'm, you I'm can see you. there's. But I mean, he's going out. Of, he's he's you know dead weight. He's yeah. literally intentionally not moving any of his extremities. Yeah. It really and also, without being powered up, that thing is probably pretty freaking heavy. Oh, there's that too. Well, he was you know doing I mean? that, that though. Was he the was rig, walking. yeah, yeah. yeah. The, the whiplash rig, I'm sure, is not a light thing when it doesn't have power going through it because it is strength enhancing, which means there's pistons and right. you know all, all these things to to augment. So probably becomes he, becomes, he probably can't even lift his arms <laughs> at right. that point because right. of how heavy it is. Uh, well, but but we did see him walking without it being powered up before, so I guess. Right. Yeah, but he's also a strong dude. So, uh, so then uh, Tony is holding on to the the 
Ivan's arc reactor in his hand. Uh, and then we see that in the system, he does a detailed scan of it. Uh, right. So the, the it goes by very, very quickly. And it's still in the same sort of uh, white basic uh you know information but uh i think i i had an article out this one time and then i went to check my my iron man bookmarks and i could not find it anymore but somebody had done a deep dive on this uh so i'm sure just going off i couldn't find it but i'm just going off my memory at this point but someone had done a a a a factual analysis of the two things and what i got from the article was that this basically is the arm the the arc reactor power level from the mark one like he had recreated the the same power level that Tony Stark used to get out of the cave and fly away. Like that's the power level that this is at because you can see the the actual milliamps and stuff. Like they, they, he does a scan, and you can see like where it ranks and stuff too. So this is not the you know this is not the Mark III armor. This is not what he used to fight against Ironmonger. This is what he used to get out of the cave. So it's that level of power, but channeled in a different way. Uh, so still extremely dangerous, and no one else on the planet had been able to crack it, uh, but it's not quite at the same thing, probably as even what's what he has right now, like even what's powering the Mark IV. Well, and it's also kind of neat is if you really zoom in on the, the HUD display here as, as, in, as he's holding it in his hand. Like five. Right. That, He's, yeah. uh, you know, it's it's doing the whole analysis of the the reactor, and it shows you a sort of a three D schematic pulling it apart. Yep. But then there's these stats that it does that it can tell the cycles, which is low because there, there's uh, looks like it's maybe about twelve units of energy, and it's two of the twelve cycles uh, plasma capacitance, and mm. that's maxed out. That's like at eighty yeah. percent, and then repulsor energy output, which is again on the low scale, so very high on the plasma. Which we'll talk about this in a future minute. Yeah, the next one. Mm-hmm. And but I love the fact that all of the graphics and everything are all telling the story. And again, that's amazing because you're seeing this for a second. Yeah. And yeah. then t- uh, Tony. I imagine this is probably it, our, our friends at Perception, but I could not find it on their website. So I'm guessing this they. Oh, I would think. Yeah, I would think it's all the. I would. I would assume it's all the same people. Yeah. Um. And then, in a moment of spoliation, uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> he destroys the evidence. Yeah. Now look, I'm being kind of silly here. He's already done the whole analysis of it. Yes, so he How, has the data. He has the data. Yeah. However, he, he probably should not have destroyed it. <laughs> well, I say it is it is one of the most dangerous things on the planet. I mean, and we've seen what it can do in someone yeah, else's right. hands. Uh, so, I mean, I, I think he wanted to make sure that it never got out of it. That you, this this is the main thing that that is. That, that people want. The second part is the armor. Like there's there's two right. parts to Iron Man. Like there's there's the arc reactor which provides the power, and then there's the armor. So we saw in the end of the first Iron Man with with the Ironmonger armor, he didn't have the arc reactor. So he, his suit had to be gigantic, you know, because he couldn't, uh, for whatever reason, I mean, whatever pseudoscience you want to come up with. And then we ha- see in this one, people are coming up with the armor, but they don't have the, the arc reactor power to. So like this, this, so this is obviously, this is the legacy part of it, too, because it was their fathers who invented this technology that Tony has refined. Uh, but it was him that built the suit. So now we've seen... Two sons of two genius fathers take the same technology and develop it in two very different ways. Oh, I, I like the whole. I, I mean, obviously, I like it. I mean, I, I appreciate that he sees this. We, you know, yeah. we've gone through this now. This whole sequence from your world being turned upside down to this, and yeah, he has the data. And I realize that the crushing is just also just the frustration and anger that the thing that I kept telling everybody wasn't going to happen is now happened, and I'm mm-hmm. holding it in my hand. 
Yeah. Boom. So, but let's put a pin in this as well because this will become important later on because this is the most dangerous thing on the planet and he crushes to make sure nobody else can get it. And yet later on, he will have a completely different reaction to the exact same situation. I, yes. Yes. <laughs> and we'll, we'll talk about that when we get to the party. Uh, but for now, uh, the party is uh, happening here on the track, and we see some gone from high technology to low technology because that is some pretty shady CGI as we go to the overhead shot, and we see those very Matchbox X cars coming in. Look, the cars? I, I, VFX is hard. I get it. But no, like, of course. this is one of those like 11 o'clock. This is like, this is a five o'clock on a Friday shot where it's just like, just get it done. Like we just got <laughs> the cars. Are, and we've talked a little bit about this before in a previous minute with the race. Yes. That there's a couple moments of the cars where the shading and the motion and just yeah. the cars don't look right. This has um, there's tilt shift uh, yes. re- eminence of this yes. like, re- remnants of this. Like it just looks miniaturized. And yeah, it's, you know, look at, I appreciate the fact that I love, again, I always talk about geography. I love mm-hmm. the fact that this puts everything back into uh, understanding of where this was and the crowd, the relationship to the sh- to the boats and everything. And yep. kudos to them. It is consistent. It's consistent with everything we've seen in every shot. All this stuff makes sense. Again, though, like 7% of that crowd is left. <laughs> and that bothers me. But we're not. Yeah, run, not people. one just, of them got hurt. Just run. <laughs> Seriously, come on. Anyway. So uh, we cut back to, of course, the best character in the movie, Justin Hammer, uh, who's looking at the crowd. And like, I just love this reaction shot because as the crowd is sort of like, oh, can you believe it? Iron Man, Justin is in love. Like, he's just like, oh, baby. <laughs> like, he like the it's out there. Like, the thing I want more than anything else, like, someone else has it. Oh, yes. It's, I love it. It's so really much in, that, in that face. An extraordinary expression yeah. on Sam Rockwell's part. <laughs> it's pretty funny. Yeah, it's great. Uh, uh, so we cut back to then the the, the jail. So that uh, so this is this is an hour later. Like, I mean, I assume it's the same day. Tony obviously has gotten out of the suit and changed into his regular clothes, another outfit. Um, and so we're, he's walking along uh, with the gendarme, uh, and we see it, and we learn Tony speaks French. How about that? Well, five minutes of French. Well, enough to, <laughs> enough to answer questions, you know. <laughs> yes, to understand, yes. Uh, so they're, they're, the, they're explaining to him that they, we ran his prints, we got nothing back, not even a name, which is interesting because, like, He's not hiding his identity. So I don't know why that would be. I assume that this is part of the Ten Rings package. Like when you make a deal with the Ten Rings to get like your identity, like they scrub it for the Internet. But he is also a, a genius inventor like Tony. So maybe he is also a hacker who is hacked in and wipes up. I don't I mean, I guess there's like this. Oh, he's a man of mystery. Well, you're going to find out who he is like 30 seconds from now. And he's going to tell you his entire story. So, like, why is it a big deal that his identity? Why wouldn't he want people to know who he was at this moment? Well, but also maybe he wouldn't be in the reveal. He hasn't maybe he hasn't he hasn't done anything wrong in his life up until now. Yeah, he he has because, you know, the tattoos like that. Oh, wait, he's in the Russian mafia. That's hold on. Do we this have been confirmed? It has been confirmed. Yeah. So like the (laughs) these were tattoos were actually chosen by Mickey Rourke himself. So we're going to see a lot of them uh, here uh, very soon. But they indicate that he is in the Russian mafia. The uh, 
maybe what, still what? doesn't mean that he's ever that right. he's ever been incarcerated or been uh, captured or anything. So there are there are tattoos oh. on there that say I have been incarcerated oh, and captured okay. and for how long? <laughs> <laughs> I wish there's not a, a, a I wish that somebody had done a deep dive and was able to like pull that stuff up and say this means this and this means that. You can look up Russian uh, tattoos and like Russian mafia tattoos. Uh, but I, 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 besides like the, the crosses that are on his knees, it's really hard to see the specific ones in there. We're going to talk about his neck tattoo in more detail uh, when we get to see it uh, in much right. more uh, uh, close-up view because, obviously, it's much more visible. Uh, these ones, this is the only time we're going to get to see the full range of tattoos, and it's dark, so we're not going to get to see a whole lot. So as they're walking along and they're going back and forth and talking about, I just, I just want five minutes with it. I just want five minutes. You, you see there's a little bit of a background action happening uh, as yeah. the camera goes by. And it pauses for a moment to show us something and then it moves on really quickly. Well, they're actually showing us a new prisoner has been brought in there and is being photographed. That prisoner is going to show up again. And so this is some nice foreshadowing because they just have like, it's like half a second of like this other guy being there. And that guy's going to be very, very important because he's going to be sharing a cell with Ivan shortly. Oh, wait a minute. Number yeah. one, did not notice that. Yep. Number two, I'm looking at it right now. Holy cow, dude. Yeah. Go That's incredible. Favreau. That was well done. That was, cause that was, I didn't even notice this until we did this podcast. Like, I never noticed that was happening. But now as we're doing the minute by minute, I was like, oh, that's the same guy. Oh, well, that's okay. That's amazing. Well, yeah. again, and we're, and we're spoiler for a future minute because you'll be tuning in, of course. Yeah. We're going to talk well, that, a lot about that guy and that actor. Uh, wait, that means that, that the, the plan is being concocted way sooner than you think. That's yes. incredible. Yes. Yeah, the wheels are already in motion. Oh, Justin. Well, Justin's I mean, got maybe, people. Maybe, maybe, I guess it's Justin. I don't know. But, boo. Yeah. Boy. That's right. You don't scorn a man when he's in love. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> or, I don't know, that's not the saying, but this I mean, is, I know, whatever. Oh, my God, that's incredible. Seriously. Yeah. Like, I feel like I'm, like, uh, dissecting an episode of Haunting of Hill House here. Right? Like, like, look. It's like they, look, they Jeez. planned it. Like, it was here, and it's going to mean something. What? There. Yeah. Oh, wow. Uh, so, uh, the gendarme agrees to the five minutes. Uh, and then Tony steps into the cell with the person who just tried to kill him, a almost entirely naked Ivan. Uh, apparently, Mickey Rourke wanted to be entirely naked, and they talked him down to dirty underwear. That was the, this was the negotiation that happened. They talked him up. You mean? <laughs> yeah, well, I guess so. Yeah, this is this is like they went back and forth, and this is what they agreed to: dirty briefs. That was what they they the compromise. Okay. Do we have we have anything on the actors? All the extras in this hallway. So the main guy that Tony is walking along with is uh, Detective Lemieux. He is played by Philippe Bergeron. He has 75 credits as an actor on uh, IMDb. Uh, he's been on, let's see, he was on Alias. He's been on The Sopranos. Uh, he's actually done quite a bit of, of, of voice work as well. He was actually in uh, a couple of the recent Wolfenstein games, Wolfenstein New Order oh, wow. and Wolfenstein The New Colossus. So he is a uh, he is a Canadian. He is a Quebecois. He is from uh, Montreal, Quebec. Oh, he was oh he was also in one of your favorite films, 1998's Godzilla. Uh, I mean, uh, I'm, uh, I'm, Madison Square Garden scene's not bad. <laughs> Jeez, and isn't a uh, Siskel and Eberger in that too? Right. Uh, <laughs> Yikes. 
Uh, let's see. There's a couple of. Let's see. I, there's. Uh, I found. Uh, there's a French prison guard number one. So I assume that's the one that's right over his shoulder. That's uh, Paul Grace. He's got a big uh, G Gorn Libby vibe. Yeah, that's yeah, that's 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 the, that's <laughs> that's, the guy. Yeah. Uh, he has uh, he has um, uh, uh, sixty two credits on IMDb. Uh, as far as I can tell, he is an American actor too. So it's probably why he's not uh, you know speaking French in this one. Just he's there for the job of like being looking like a serious person. Well, he's like, come on, he's there for the mustache. True, it's true, <laughs> and he's still working today. He actually had two movies come out this year: uh, Runt and The Cursed Man. Hey, all right. So we we leave it off at uh, this sequence. Yeah, exactly. Where Tony Commissioner Gordon is about to talk to the Joker. <laughs> and yeah, that's exactly <laughs> it. That's exactly it. That's. <laughs> I mean, you know, we're getting we're getting the exact point. We're going to have like the two are going to have a very different kind of fight uh, here in uh, minute thirty nine. So you do not want to miss it because I is it is a. It is a scene that not people do not talk enough about, so we're gonna oh. have to try and comp- over overcompensate for that uh, by no. getting into a deep dive. In it. And I cannot wait. Please know if you if you've listened to season two, you know that sometimes we have fun with conversations. Mm-hmm. This is not one of those conversations we are going to. Uh, how should I say? Take light of. No, no, there's some real stuff to talk about in the conversation that's about to happen. So one thing that uh, both uh, Ivan and I can agree on is involuntary nakedness is a bad thing. Ooh, so if wow. you have that happen to you, perhaps you should look at some of our merchandise. Yes, that's wow. right. Next Reel has its own merch. You can get shirts. You can get pillows. You can get stickers. You can get mugs. You can even get masks. That's right. You can get masks with the Marvel Movie Minute logo on it. Uh, put our face on your face. Go to uh, nextreel.com slash merch. It'll take you to our merch store. You can get uh, whatever you want. And don't be naked if you don't want to be. That's good advice for everyone. That's right. Never nude. Uh, so be back here for Minute 39 as we get a, a confrontation between our two actors. Enough said. Bye. Bye.